Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. He has Parliament Hill on speed dial, and they know when the phone rings, no comment is not an option. This is The Roy Green Show. After most details came out, Roy, that the Indian government actually was not very keen on Trudeau visiting at all. And not certainly not for eight days, certainly not going around India like this. But it was the Canadian government which insisted on such a long, elaborate trip. That was the voice of Shivam Vidj, who was on the air with us yesterday from New Delhi. He's an Indian journalist who wrote a column for the Washington Post while Mr. Trudeau was in India. And uh, the gist of the column was, India is being really rude to Justin Trudeau. I'll play you some more clips from uh, Mr. Vidj a little bit later on. But he did say that the Indian government was not at all excited about Trudeau visiting and certainly didn't want him there for eight days. And later on, he said that India and the government, Indians and the government, were very much aware Mr. Trudeau's presence was not really to create a better relationship with India, but it was really to appeal to Indo-Canadians back home. And there is the specter of an election coming up. Anyway, there's a lot, so much to be said. There are so many points to be made. There's so many questions to be Answered, And still, one of the key questions is, is how did a man who was um, convicted of terrorism and uh, attempted murder, how did a man who was convicted of those crimes find himself invited to an event held by the uh, High Commissioner, the Canadian High Commissioner to India? So, uh, Mr. Atwal. My guest knows all about Atwal because um, Atwal almost ended his life. He was charged with assaulting the former premier of British Columbia, Ujjal de Sange, and uh, leaving him close to death. The former premier joins us. Mr. Premier, it's good to talk to you. Always good to talk to you, Roy. What do you... Uh, I really honestly don't know where to begin, so I'll do. The, I'll ask you this. Would you assess the Trudeau-India visit? I think that um, it was a bit of a spectacle. Um, you know, he, um, he essentially reduced Indians to various religions, attending all different religious places and donning different dresses um, for five or six days. Um, and... And eventually, I think that he was able to salvage it with the meeting with the Prime Minister of India, where they hugged and, I guess, made up, um, as we usually say in Canada, they kissed and made up. Um, but I think that we're no farther ahead in terms of the um, the Indo-Canadian relations. Um, 
it would have been better to do a shorter trip, more substantive, packed with meetings with politicians and industrialists and um, high-tech industry people, and uh, even Bollywood would have would have been fine. But uh, but it it went on for too long, and uh, and I think that I think everyone was tired of it, including Canadians, not just Indians. It went on too long. There was a sense of confusion about the whole thing. And the only the only aspect of the trip that I focused on, actually two of them, one was the, the outfits that Mr. Trudeau decided to wear, which my guest yesterday more than less ridiculed. Um, but there was also the presence of uh, Jasper Adwal, who you know, um, and, and he was the, he was the one... Uh, the, the one, the one item, the one force, the one being that there was a focus on, and it was for all the wrong reasons. I still want to know how he wound up in India. There was the ludicrous suggestion by a senior bureaucrat that we all know who it is, but we're not supposed to mention his name. <laughs> Somebody's already mentioned it. <laughs> it does get silly, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And so the suggestion from the senior bureaucrat, we all whose name we know but we're not supposed to mention, was that India somehow may have arranged for Atwal to be there for some peculiar reason that only that senior bureaucrat and his boss are probably aware of. What do you make of that? Well, from reports, I gather that he was taken off what was called the blacklist way back in the summer of last year. So Indians, uh, according to Shivam Vij, uh, who didn't want Mr. Trudeau there at all, and particularly not for eight days, um, engineered it uh, eight months earlier to take him off the blacklist and somehow then create a conduit for him to be present in Bombay and possibly at the reception in Delhi. I mean, that, that just doesn't make sense to me. And and, and the fact is, you know, um, this man, uh, he ingratiates himself with all different politicians. He's everywhere in the community. And so... It's not difficult um, or impossible for him to have pictures taken with Mr. Trudeau in the past. That one can understand. Um, but, but for him to be cleared diplomatically, politically, and in terms of security, to be at the Bombay reception, have pictures taken with uh, Mrs. Trudeau, uh, and then be possibly at the Delhi reception, I, I just think that that's really not the fault of uh, this lowly uh, young Sarai MP from Surrey. Uh, it's the fault of the PMO, the RCMP, uh, and, and the security advisor uh, that, that you haven't named, um, as well as the High Commission. It is mind-boggling. It is really mind-boggling that this actually took place. And then that ludicrous semi-explanation, or, or, or I don't know, what would you call it, speculation, was was brought forward for you personally to 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 see Atwal uh, in India in this circumstance must have been very difficult for you to see. Well, it was it was. I mean, I thought it was dumb politically, and it was dangerous politically, diplomatically for Canada to do it. Personally, I've kind of you know uh, forgiven the man. I mean, he actually came to see me back in two thousand six. Wanted me to facilitate his visa to India, and I said, look, I can't help you for obvious reasons. You should go to another MP. And he did, and he was denied the visa. Um, but, um, but you know, I, I have moved on. 
I've bumped into him at various events in in my public life in in Surrey and in Greater Vancouver. Um, but but for the government of Canada to have him be at the reception with an invite from the High Commission uh, of Canada for India, I mean that just is beyond the pale. It, it's something that incomprehensible B- because. They set out to remedy and improve the relations between India and Canada. Mr. Modi had taken uh, Mr. Trudeau aside at Davos earlier and said, all is not well with our relationship. This is the problem. Khalistan is the problem. And your support, tacit support of the Khalistanis and of the glorification of violence by being in those events where that happens uh, is, is the problem. And so they proceed to have a couple of ministers, not all the four Sikh ministers, but just two of them, say that they were neither Khalistanis nor Khalistani sympathizers. One would need to ask, how about the other two? Are they Khalistanis or Khalistani sympathizers? Because they didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And the other question uh, remains that they then, after saying that, they go to India and they poke the, the chief minister of Punjab in the eye uh, the chief minister who they had um, prevented from coming to Canada when he was the leader of the opposition because they said, oh, you'll be addressing the diaspora and you have an election coming, as if we don't have an election coming now in a year's time in Canada. And Mr. Um, Trudeau has been, uh, uh, you know, uh, going to all of the religious places and, uh, and electioneering, in, in a sense, for back home. So they, they said they didn't want to meet the chief minister. And eventually they relented. They met the chief minister. I thought that was a very good step for them. He was gracious enough to say, I want to welcome the chief, uh, the, the prime minister to the Golden Temple. And um, he, they then go on. And, of course, this political bomb explodes on the scene in the, in the form of Mr. Atwal, um, a diplomatic bomb. And I, I think that that really set the relationship and back and and actually um, clouded the whole trip, and and Mr. Trudeau, as I said, um, may have been able to salvage a bit of it at the end, but I think that uh, this repair uh, to the Indian Canadian relationship is going to take a long time, because politicians in Canada uh, haven't stopped for the last so many years, last several decades, haven't stopped from going to events where dismemberment of India is promoted, where glorification of violence is promoted, and where the likes of Air India, Bomber, Tulinder, Pramar are paraded as heroes. They've not stopped going to those functions, going to those temples, and going to those parades. And I think that, that, you know, from my perspective, I think that Canadian politics have been totally insensitive to India, in a sense that they don't realize that in 1947, India was divided and people were butchered uh, trying to cross uh, newly minted boundaries by the British. And several million people but were butchered. It was the largest migration in history in the world in peacetime of people back and forth across borders. And India is so sensitive that it is never going to allow itself to be divided again. That's why, you know... Um, like we are sensitive about Quebec separatists, but 
we haven't had the kind of violence. We had, you know, one bout of violence back in the Pierre Laporte days when Trudeau Sr. was the prime minister. But we haven't had violence associated with it. India has suffered as a result of the violence associated uh, with uh, Khalistan. And uh, it's never going to allow um, it to be divided again. And Canada needs to be sensitive. And, and to be honest, Mr. Trudeau and all of the various political leaders and the political parties have not been sensitive to that issue. Yeah, well, I would, uh, I may offend some people, but my guess is that Mr. Trudeau probably isn't aware of what you've just shared with us because I remember him once saying, I don't really know what's going on in the news. When something happens, somebody tells me about it. So I, I, I don't know that he's historically um, up-to-date. Um, Premier, I, I would like to ask you one more question that, it, that you've spoken out on. And uh, if I can take a quick break, I, I'd like to do that. Yep. And what I want to talk to you about is politicians who play the race card. Yep. Okay. We'll uh, take a quick break. We'll come back with uh, Ujjal Dessange, the 33rd Premier of the province of British Columbia, former federal health minister as well. I want to ask him about... Politicians who play the race card. Stay with us. He always got straight A's, but his report card said he talked too much. This is the Roy Green Show. I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com, and the webpage is RoyGreenShow.com. We have on this program and recently talked about politicians who play the race card, and do so, it appears to many of us, simply in order to generate favor among different groups of voters. And there's nothing more cynical than that. And we questioned uh, the prime minister of this country, consistently saying Canadians can and must do better. Uh, he said that after the allegations that an 11-year-old girl in Toronto had had her hijab slashed twice on the way to school, didn't wait to find out whether it actually happened or not. The pr- yeah. Uh, Premier, are you there? Premier Desange? Is he there? Put it on hold and talk to him, and then uh, I'll come back to him. Uh, so he challenged uh, the Prime Minister on his We Can Do Better uh, position and his, and his statements that Canadians can do better, and uh, he said it again after the the uh, the Clayton Bushy um, um, attack in uh, in Saskatchewan on the trial. Sorry, I'm having something going on in my headset, and uh, and we've also had we have the situation where Kathleen Wynne, the Premier of Ontario, and Philip Couillard, the Premier of Quebec at the time that Canadians were asking questions about the security vetting of Syrians coming into this country, uh, the Premier of Ontario, the Premier of Quebec, started to suggest that those Canadians who were asking those questions were playing the race card. At that time, Ujjal Dessange uh, responded, and Premier, you did that with a, with a piece in the National Post where you said, you wrote, Premier Wynne, are you calling me a racist? What are your thoughts on, on, on the politicians playing the race card? Well, I think that that I think you know sometimes when you raise legitimate questions as Canadians about security, about those kinds of issues, um, it, people are quick to um, uh, try and take you down by saying that somehow you're being racist. And and I think one of the one of the problems in Canada that that we are contending with, as the rest of the world is contending with, 
is um, is the sort of uh, as my friend Tarek Fatah calls the sinkhole of Can- identity politics, and we've had uh, that identity politics um, fairly um, prevalent in Canada, and uh, and you know the corollary of that is that that politicians who are mindful of that identity politics and want to play into it uh, uh, are quick to accuse others of um, somehow being racist, even when you raise legitimate questions about security. When when I raised that question about the security, I was actually responding to a, um, there was a petition going in the interior of British Columbia uh, vis-a-vis Syrian immigrants saying, not in my backyard. And I was saying, that's the wrong attitude. We should urge the government instead to do very strong security checks and allow uh, people who can pass those security checks into the country because we are a compassionate country. Um, and I was offended when um, uh, Premier Wynne at that time had basically said, let's not, uh, let's not be racist in the name of um, security checks. Uh, that's what she implied. I've forgotten the exact words that she had used. And, and she did, and it happens again and again. And uh, and it's disturbing because it seems to me to be pointed at by politicians as an issue of convenience at Caucasians in Canada. And I'm going to raise that with politicians when I speak with them. If you're going to if you're going to play the race card, then finish the sentence and be specific. No, absolutely. I mean, we we I think I think we play the race card. We play the religious card. And, and uh, you know, um, I mean, the politicians who have always attended these large parades uh, in places like Vancouver or Toronto, uh, where um, there is the glorification of the likes of the Air India bomber, Permar, um, and they say nothing about it uh, except appear on these stages and participate uh, in the activities while you have the dismemberment of, of India being promoted you have glorification of violence. They ignore all that, yet they stand shoulder to shoulder with those people on those stages and speak to um, the large numbers of people. Now, that, I think, is, you know, that is done, obviously, because you're playing the religious card. You're playing the right. ethnic card. Right. And and so we've been doing this for a long time in Canada. Uh, if we continue to do that um, in, in a willfully blind fashion, and we're not too careful about it, um, we will have the kind of divisions in Canada, not today, maybe in the next 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, that you see in the United States of America with the likes of the Tea Party and and Trump's um, All right. base. Premier, I have to uh, let you go, but I thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate speaking with you. You're most welcome. All thank the you. best. Premier Ujal Dossange, I have a question to ask you, but I don't have time to ask the question until we come back from the break. So if you want to call 800-263-2428 right now, I'll ask you the question when you're online. 800-263-2428. We'll come back.